Hello and welcome to My Favorite Movie Is, a podcast sharing the stories behind how an all-time favorite movie earns that title. My name is Larry Freed. I'm a filmmaker, writer, and podcaster, and you are listening to The Bonus Round, a fun spin-off segment from our main show in which we ask our guests a series of fun, sometimes silly questions to gain even more insight into their all-time favorite movie and why they love it. Questions like, what movie would you pair it with to make a double feature? Or what's one quote from this movie that you would engrave on your tombstone? Or in the Monopoly edition of this movie, what are the six playable tokens? You know, the important stuff. Today's guest is senior video editor at BioWare and co-host of the film podcast Beyond the Screenplay, Alex Cayetos. And his movie of choice is Alfonso Cuaron's dystopian sci-fi masterpiece, Children of Men. Now, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our initial conversation on the film, in which Alex talks to us all about what it means for a film to have integrity, you should check it out. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, including on our YouTube channel, as well as on our website at mfmipodcast.com slash children of men. But for those of you who did your homework, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's installment of the My Favorite Movie Is bonus round. I think we're going to move on to the bonus round. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> Let's see how I do. Here we go. This should be fun. We're going to do the bonus round now. This is just a fun series of questions just to have some fun, get to know your love about this movie a little bit more. Let's just dive right in. If there was one character in this film that you would like to get dinner with, who would it be and why? You have to be Jasper, for Has sure. Has to be. I, yeah. that was only, there was only one yeah, I mean, it's so Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, most of the characters at the start of the movie especially are so depressed. And, you know, but Jasper, he's smoking his pot. He's making some good noodles, it looks like. Oh, yeah. I would love to just go to his forest house and just hang out and spend a weekend there and and just hang out with Michael Caine. Shanti, shanti, shanti. Yeah. Just the whole time through. Do you have a favorite Sonic moment in this movie? Uh, I put musical moment in the original mm. script, but I do realize the sound design is such a huge part of this movie too. Is there like a favorite moment in the either the score or the soundtrack or maybe a moment of sound design that really, really sticks out to you? God, it's like there's just so many in this movie. Like it, it's it's such a good sound movie. Yeah. I always watch this movie now, unless I'm watching it with a group, if I'm watching it by myself, I use headphones because it's just like the spatial like audio yeah. is amazing. Corona is really dedicated to using sound almost like you're you're in a VR space. Mm. Like it, it's really like there's scenes where like the audio is moving around you as if you are the camera and, and it really is immersive. So the use of music, I love this movie kind of only has this like kind of classical or almost religious uh, classical music in it. And there are really striking moments where it just kind of naturally emerges like like an operatic, almost like funeral music kind of just emerges out of nowhere when char- when our when our like beloved characters die. And it just feels natural and nice and not too like not too much, but also like really honoring the characters. The movie isn't cold. It doesn't kill off Jasper or kill off uh, Miriam and just be like, oh, they're dead. Look how look how brutal this world is like silence. No, we get a little like funeral song for them every time somebody dies. 
and I think that's beautiful. And but it's not score; it's not movie score. It, there's something that is like timeless about the music, and I love the music that pops up. I think when it cuts to one of those big long takes, I forget what the name of the track is. It's some like modern classical piece about Hiroshima that comes on, and it's this discordant strings that are really almost like grating and shocking and not right. It kind of puts you into that war zone uh, feeling. I think that exactly where the music comes into this movie is exactly correct. And I really love that it is not a like Hans Zimmer score, but it is, it is <laughs> this kind of, it's like this, I mean, cause Hans Zimmer could have done a great score for this movie, but it would have yeah, felt different, you know? For sure. I, I really respect that it's like this timeless classical music. And the sound design just throughout is just perfection. So I can't even call out anything. Yeah, like it uh, it helps with the mythological element of the film too. Like I uh, remember on the yeah. podcast, you and Trisha talk about how there's that sort of mythological religious. I would call it overtones. If I'm being if I'm being totally honest, I mean literally, you literally discover the baby in a farm with the cows yes. around. Like I don't even yes. know. Like can you really? <laughs> Like kind of virgin, virgin Mary kind of I know, imagery. Yeah. I know. They even make a joke about her like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't have sex. I was a virgin. Hey, wouldn't that be wicked? Wicked? I'm a virgin. Sorry. <laughs> Child be wicked, eh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, they totally are thinking about this. Yeah, totally. This is 100% at the forefront. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of commentaries on this movie, too, that like talk about it as a Joseph and Mary you know, equivalent, which mm, like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if he was literally setting out to recreate the Bible, but there's certainly a lot of that here. And I think the music yeah. really helps with that a lot. One musical moment that, that I really am reminded of is after Julian is killed. Yes. Uh, we get the music and that we talked about the scene when Theo's crying. That's kind of one of the first moments where that musical motif first comes in. Ugh, incredibly, incredibly affecting. If you were able to get one frame of this film printed and hung up in your home, hmm. which would it be and why? So interesting because it's a movie that I love the way it's shot, but you know, it's not a movie where any one frame, you know, is <laughs> are frames that I want to like put on the wall necessarily because it's most it's mostly like tra- like human tragedy. That's true. That's true. But there is a really I mean, in kind of like a beautiful, beautifully dystopic way, there there are some beautiful frames, like I think Key on the Swing as seen through kind of a shattered window at the school is a lovely frame. Love that shot so much. Yeah, beautiful Incredible frame there. Shot. And there's also some frames near the end where you've kind of got the silhouette of Theo pulling the canoe out kind of almost out of the birth canal, you know, out of that, yeah. out of that tunnel into the ocean. Yeah. There are some beautiful shots at the end out there in the ocean in the fog uh, that I think I would, I would totally hang that up on, on my wall. That's what I was thinking of. That's yeah. what I personally was thinking of. I was also thinking of the first shot where we see that key is pregnant. And that's a, I think that's a that, that is, shot. that is probably one of the more gorgeous images with the, with the cow. Yeah. All the texture of the barn around her. Yeah. yeah, I also love the one of the frames of the long takes in which the birth is happening just because I read that those aren't her legs. They used Whoa. fake legs and they covered up her real legs to like simulate it. And also that CGI baby, man, 
<laughs> what a baby. That's, that's got, a, that, that is the one thing that I, that is unfortunate <laughs> that, that, that it will not be timeless. You know, that, that, that is, that is going to forever be a product of his time. Um, for Although I will uh, argue you know. though that it works. Right. Like, I, I, I'm not bothered by it really, which right. is surprising. I'm not bothered by it yeah. either. It's, it's kind of similar to the discussion that I had with Brian about fight club uh, for mm. people who have listened to the show before Brian was on the show previously you talked about fight club we talked about the effects in fight club how they are a product of its time and they look fake and that's why it works because there's a sense of artifice that those effects have because they're all within the mind they're all they're all representative of the fakeness and the the systems of the world really the capitalistic elements of the world and so to me in a sort of opposite way the baby should kind of look alien and weird because it has been 18 years <laughs> right since one has been born so <laughs> it, in looks, a sense, it looks like cg to the characters yeah it should yeah. sort of make sense that it looks a bit otherworldly like and also like and look i'm not he isn't like a perfectly healthy person i mean yes she was able to have a child but that doesn't mean that some of the effects of the world haven't you know gotten to her in some capacity so it, it makes sense to me that the baby is a little strange a little weird looking <laughs> yeah it reminds me uh for some reason i couldn't yeah. help but think of annette you know the movie that came out uh the, yeah the i haven't Leo seen it, I, movie. I know i know the premise yeah <laughs> yeah the baby's a little uh strange in that one uh too good double feature strange babies <laughs> Which would you say is the best film directed by Alfonso Cuaron outside of this film? Mm, interesting. I did really like Roma. And I, I think Roma also had that integrity yeah. that I talk about with this film. So as far as just him just doing the integrity thing again, a thousand percent with just like every which way he realized the world of Roma and also the characters of Roma feel like they're at the level of integrity that I feel in Children of Men. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Is there a book, article, or other published work that you think would make for a strong piece of like further reading? Or maybe even we've had people talk about like other documentaries or short subject pieces that are good further viewing. Do you think there's a good piece of further reading or viewing for Children of Men after someone's watched it maybe for the first time? It's definitely an interesting kind of difficult weird read but there is a novel called the ministry for the future by kim stanley robinson um and he's known for doing really hard sci-fi uh meaning just like there's gonna be chapters about science <laughs> or, ah. or like about like statistics or something it's really it's a really interesting book to read about a future in which the world uh doesn't end it's about climate change basically and it's about a fictional like un I guess, organization called the Ministry for the Future that is tasked with essentially, you know, how do we represent future generations and advocate for them and the world that we're leaving them? And it's a really hyper-realistic kind of almost simulation of all the different ways things can go in the coming decades. And it's, I think it's a really interesting companion piece to this other hyper-realistic kind of post-apocalyptic vision. But in Ministry for the Future, it leaves you with a sense of, okay, yeah, like humanity is up to solving these challenges if only we can get our act together in, in these ways and, and kind of change the, the incentives of society to, to, to align with like a world that isn't going to end. Fascinating. <laughs> so it, so it's, a, it's a good book for just like opening one's imagination to like, oh, okay, we don't have to like imagine the future as either like utopian or dystopian. 
there's this almost kind of like bureaucratic middle <laughs> that this yeah. that this book explores. And it, I think it's a really interesting piece of science fiction to kind of ponder for wh where we're going. Awesome. I love that. I think that's a great idea like to just recommend further fiction and more reading about the same theme, you know, good, definitely yeah. a good choice. If you could have been a fly on the wall for one day of the process of making this film, whether that be pre-production or production or post-production, which would it have been and why? I think I probably would want to be there for the day they got that final long take, you know, after the, uh, after the 13 whatever days of preparation and the yeah the blood-stained long take that comes to mind first is just like what a day that must have been <laughs> i would really want to be there for that conversation between quaron and lebeski where it's like no yes. we got the blood on the frame and lebeski goes no yes, yes it's yes. good this this means this is the shot yeah yeah because i think i think that's like a those kinds of moments between like filmmakers and creatives like that that's what i think we all live for as as yes for, and especially in the production process which is so grueling all the time if you had to pick one quote from this film that you would want engraved on your tombstone which would it be and why i'm not sure if i have a good reason for it but i like the quote that jasper says when he tells the story about their baby dylan he says everything is a mythical cosmic battle between faith and chance Ooh. And I think that is just a that is just a great quote from this movie to ponder. That's another long take scene that's actually really wonderful. Is is yeah, that scene? Yeah, yeah. It just mm -hmm. it's just a single unbroken take with Theo in the foreground listening to other people talk about his tragedy, and just what a smart way to to shoot that scene. You know, instead of cutting back and forth or you know being over there with these other characters talking about him, just let us sit with Theo as he hears them talk about his tragedy and just, oh, just so many good choices. It was almost kind of challenging because like on one hand, I care about so much, but I care about Theo and the character and the performance, Clive Owen's performance. But I also just kind of want to watch Jasper. I want to see them like yeah. telling the story and stuff. So it's like, I have to see this film multiple times. I have to watch these scenes multiple times so I can yeah. see all of this information. There's too much to look at in the frame. You really can't take it all in the first time. Absolutely. If you were curating a double feature, that had this film as one of the films, what would your double feature be? And in what order would you program the films? This is not really probably an appropriate answer because it's a, I'm thinking about a TV show, but I recently just finished watching Station Eleven on HBO Max. It really reminds me in some ways of Children of Men. It's, it's another kind of post-apocalyptic world. It feels a little bit too real because it's a post-apocalypse to do with a pandemic. Ooh. That was like a super deadly pandemic that actually killed everybody. So like a really like worst case scenario pandemic. Yeah. But it's similarly a world and characters that has a lot of that integrity in it, you know, where the, the characters are all fully realized people. You can feel the filmmakers and the writers have like a lot of empathy for all of them, even the ones that are kind of messed up. And the world itself is complicated. It's not just one thing. It's not just dystopian. It's also there's people that are kind of quirky and lovable and sweet to each other. And it's not just a bunch of dour people being dour, even though there are some horrific situations they find themselves in. I think Station Eleven is a really interesting companion piece to Children of Men as far as both movies are about incredibly tragic like times and yet are full of humanity and full of people that are just, you know, being good to each other amidst so much horribleness and they both are in that kind of like post-apocalyptic sci-fi genre but done with a lot of care and a lot of attention to detail 
maybe Children of Men first because it's, it's a movie. And then I would encourage people to uh, maybe you could, show, you could show the pilot of Station Eleven, send people off to go watch the rest on their own. Brilliant. That's actually a very interesting answer. I can't think of a, a good one for this because I'm still in awe of it. It's it's such a one of a kind movie. It feels it really it feels is. wrong to hold up any other one movie and be like, this is just as good. You know, put them together. <laughs> like, I know. I'm like trying to think of like other like dystopian movies that are like this. And like I feel like I maybe know of movies that are kind of like it, but like I can't say for certain because I haven't seen them in a while or like or you know stuff like that. So uh yeah, it's it's a toughie for sure. Hopefully one day I'll find a good one. In the Alex Cairos Film Festival, <laughs> uh, along with Children of Men, I'm gonna give you five slots. Oh my God. I'm gonna give you a 12, five. three, six, nine, and midnight slot. I'm going to give you a full day of films. I want to know how do you prepare that film festival and which oh films God. go in those slots. Wait, so what are the slots? There's a 12 p.m., okay. a 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., and midnight. And, midnight, and I want to okay. know which films you would put in those slots. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I should have thought about this more. No, I want the off the I'm, cuff, okay. baby. Off the cuff. Okay. 12 p.m., I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> nice um, what a great <laughs> daylight movie just to start start us off yeah 3 p.m 3 p.m 3 p.m you kind of want to keep like energy up you don't want to like have it die down too much am i am i including children of men in this festival or no you may i, okay. I would assume you would because i assume you're just going to pack your favorites in right. there but you do not have to okay so these, these are just like movies i want everybody to watch basically yeah kind, kind of okay. i mean again if you theme them though i mean th that's just bonus points. okay 3 p.m Let's do Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Let's just keep the energy up. Uh, 6 p.m. Let's do Terrence Malick's The New World for 6 p.m. Let's have a let's. Oh my God, that's a ringer. Let's that's have a, a glass of wine and let's let's go settle in for some romantic uh, Pocahontas story. <laughs> are you a, are you a Malick fan generally? I am a Malick fan generally, as far as just appreciating what he does. The New World is probably his only movie that I thoroughly enjoy from start to finish. The theatrical cut. Got um, it. Where I just, I actually just love being in that movie the whole time. God, uh, a lot of his films I really appreciate, but I'm not necessarily like in love with them. Um, the You're new not world, throwing I, Tree of Life. You're not throwing Tree of Life on for, uh, you know, for for the Alex Harris Film Festival. Yeah, I, 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 well, see, I appreciate it, but uh, not <laughs> not one of my favorites. Um, 9 p.m. Let's do Children of Men. Let's, now we're getting into business. Um, and let's do Black Swan for Midnight Movie. Oh, let's, yes. Let's end, with, let's, let's end with some madness yes. at midnight. Yeah. What a great day of films. For the record, this question used to just be in your personal film festival, what films would you program? But in the previous interview, I gave like, I had the idea of coming up with slots for it. And then that that's, so like, that's so much better. Yeah. No, that, those slots actually really helped me narrow it down. Yeah. What do I want at each hour of the day? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. I want to sit down and plan my day. That sounds like a lot of fun. Is there somebody that you would like to share this film with that you haven't yet? God, I feel like I've shown this movie to everybody. Um, you know, I so I have a, a baby nephew who's six months old, and I have a, a couple friends who have babies right now, uh, really young kids. I would like to introduce that generation to this movie when mm. they are you know, age appropriate for it. Because I know a lot of kids aren't watching movies anymore. Uh, we're, we're moving away from uh, cinema as the primary dominant kind of entertainment, um, which is okay. I, I mean, video games are amazing. And I think some of the most amazing storytelling 
some of those amazing storytelling is happening in other mediums right now. However, there are certain stories and certain pieces of art that can only exist as films. And I think this is an example of that. And this is an amazing movie. And I, I don't want it to be forgotten. I want it to, to keep being uh, revived. So I definitely want to show whoever I can influence in these next generations, uh, make sure they know about this movie and appreciate it. Smart. I love that. Last question for you here, Alex. In Children of Men Monopoly, what are the playable tokens? <laughs> Which are the six tokens that I get to play as? Uh, probably the baby is one of them. That's like CGI wrapped up in its baby. Little, yeah, CGI baby. You got um, maybe, maybe the like... <laughs> This is so dumb. Maybe the like the tra the transit papers, the transit papers are one of them. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, or maybe no, the flip flops, the flip flops that Theo wears through part of the movie. The yeah. flip flops. That's a great <laughs> idea for a for a playable piece. I uh, love maybe that. The, maybe the car that blows up when everything goes bad. Amazing. Just like the the, the actual design of that car, the kind yeah, of it's a really interesting car. design. Oh, maybe the little dog that belongs to the to America, the the woman in the refugee camp. Yeah, I just think that. Theo should have a piece for sure. Just, just Theo. Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about objects, but yeah, at least, at least a couple of characters can be pieces. I was also thinking like, uh, the motorcycle, like the motorcycle mm -hmm. during the, the police, uh, like that gang chase. Mm -hmm. And that's, but yeah, that's basically it. To be honest, this isn't a very prop heavy right. movie. So I don't know. I didn't really want to make you dig too deep. The characters are packing light. They're just, they, <laughs> all they got yes. is their clothes and they're just going yes, for it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> You're totally right. Alex, we've made it to the end of the bonus round. You did great. See, you did a very good job. <laughs> uh, do you have any final words for our listeners uh, before we sign off? If you haven't seen this movie yet, if you've listened to this whole podcast and still haven't watched this movie, if you're like Larry and somehow haven't seen this movie, go watch it and please watch it with either very good sound or headphones because it is, man, it, what an amazing audio experience it is on top of just being visually stunning and everything else. I just really want people to see this movie properly and experience it the way the maestro Alfonso Cuaron wants you to experience it. 100%. Alex? This was such a wonderful conversation about Children of Men. Thank you for being here. I really, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for giving me an excuse to uh, talk about it for two hours. I really... Heck yeah, man. That's what we're all about. I, I could talk about this movie any day. That's what we're all yeah. about. <laughs> we're, here to, we're here to give people the excuse to talk about movies for two hours. Love it. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, listener, what movie would you pair with Children of Men to make a double feature? Do you have any dystopic sci-fi further reading picks? Are you... A Terrence Malick fan? Uh, difficult question, complicated answer, I'm sure. So let me know the answer to all of these questions in the My Favorite Movie Is Discord community. We are a group of passionate, positive movie lovers, and this server is a place for us to come together and talk about movies together and watch movies together. I mean, that's a movie lover's two favorite things, watch movies and then talk about them incessantly. Well, we've got them both right here for you. Last week, Alex joined us for a Children of Men watch party. It was incredibly exciting. We got to watch the movie with some people who got to experience it for the very first time. That's what our community is for, and we hope that you will join us for our next watch parties. Speaking of which, our next two watch parties are going to be Josie and the Pussycats and Death Becomes Her, two movies that we will be covering in the coming weeks with the co-hosts of the Nostalgia Podcast, 
Jessica Tercero, and Eric Lafibri. The Nostalgia Podcast is my latest podcasting obsession. I love Jessica and Eric. They are so funny and whip smart, and they provided so much incredible insight on these two films that I'm so excited to share with you. But I have a feeling that some of you have never seen either of these cult classics. So it's time to remedy that in the My Favorite Movie Is Discord community. It is incredibly easy to join our community. Just click on the link in the show notes and follow Discord's simple instructions. Trust me, even if you don't use Discord, even if you've never even heard of Discord before today, it only takes minutes to sign up. I hope you'll join us for these fun times and more upcoming fun times by clicking the link in the show notes. We can't wait to watch some movies with you real soon. My Favorite Movie Is is a Larry Freed Presents production. The show was created by and is currently hosted and produced by me, Larry Freed, and this week's episode was edited by Fernando Cadois. Our graphic designer is Monica Sarmiento, our motion graphics designer is Elton Greenfield, and our theme song, Now and Then, as well as all original music featured on this episode, was composed and performed by Mac or Duke. A special thanks to Alex Cayetos for being an incredible guest and for being just so generous with his time. And another special thank you to our patrons, Charles, Keith, Mo, Tony, Sean, Taylor, Daniel, and our newest patron, Sheila. Thank you so much, Sheila. And thank you to all of our incredible patrons who help to support this show. Just a reminder that you can hear your name in this outro by becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash MFMI podcast. This has been your host, Larry Freed. Thank you so much for listening to My Favorite Movie Is. Is.